ML Nation, episode 145. Where else can you go where you can put in the work and you can look up and you can earn more money than most doctors, most attorneys, most people that are earning those incomes and you're doing it directly from your home and you have your time and money together. And those two things, when you put those two things together, that is absolutely priceless. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. This show is brought to you by MLM Nation Insider. So what is Insider? Insider is a true university-style learning center and couldn't be further from any ordinary membership site or other MLM trainings. We just launched a new training center for all Insider members. Every aspect of this new environment and the trainings housed there were built for one reason. It's to give you a library of mini courses, what I call implementation guides, that have checklists and shortcuts. You can pick any area of network marketing that you want to improve in, such as social media, how to approach co-markets, how to create duplication, and find an implementation guide to get you up and running quickly. So I also host a special coaching webinar for insider members every week so you can join in on the fun and get solutions to any obstacles you may be facing in your business. So whatever you need help with, you can ask me. All you have to do is contact me through the special email address that only Insider members have. And even if you can't make the webinar live, you can ask me a question and I'll answer it. And then you can listen to the recording 12 hours later. As an Insider member, you'll also be able to connect with all the other Insiders in our private Facebook group and at live MLM Nation events. I'll tell you, it has been a ton, a ton of fun. And then finally, as an Insider member, you have access to over 30 issues of the official MLM Nation Insider Newsletter, where you get the latest tips on how to prospect, market yourself, time management tips, and much more. And for being a loyal listener of the MLM Nation Podcast, I wanted to give you a special opportunity to take a dollar test drive. You'll get access to all the MLM Nation Insider resources that I talked about for seven days for only $1. So head over to MLMNationInsider.com and I'll catch you there. So now, let's get ready for our guest today. Ready? Three. Two, one. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fired up to bring our special guest today, our power couple, Steve and Pasha Carter. Steve and Pasha, are you ready to make it happen? We are ready to make it happy, ex- happen and excited to be on today. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Simon. Steve and Pasha Carter are a power couple who both hold individual records in direct selling. Pasha Carter was a former NFL cheerleader who turned multi-millionaire. She started her own business at the age of 23 and was earning a six-figure income from home by her late 20s and then became a million-dollar earner in her 30s. Steve graduated from Howard University and began his entrepreneur career at the age of 27. Within two short years of learning and building his network marketing business, he was able to quit his job and go full-time. He now has a multi-million dollar network marketing business that's allowed him to pursue other investment and business ventures. The Carters have been featured in many media publications and channels, including The Wealth Choice, The Success Secrets of Black Millionaires, 
Networking Times Magazine, Success From Home, Business From Home Magazines, and many other publications and radio shows. So, Stephen Passion, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Sure, ladies first. Well, I tell you what, I was 23 years old, Simon, when I was invited out to a presentation by someone very close to me. And the funniest story is this is a person who they've done a lot of different businesses. So when I came out, I wasn't the most positive person in the room. I kind of had my mind closed. I didn't know what I was going to. But let me tell you, by the time that meeting finished, I'll never forget it was in the middle of the day. It was a noon meeting. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a gentleman in front of the room. He was 26 years old and he was making more money in one month than I was making all year long working for a living. So once he started going through everything, I first started to really hear and understand the power of residual income, the power of entrepreneurship. And at that time, I was working two jobs. So for me, sitting in that room, I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'll never forget when that presentation ended, my world opened up and I said to myself, this is going to be life changing. And I know that I'm going all in. Mm, wow. What about you, Steve? Yeah, my, my story is a little different. Um, I was wide open from the very beginning. I was excited. I was open. I was I was optimistic. A friend of mine, act, actually, who also attended Howard University in D.C., um, after we graduated, it didn't take us long to realize we wanted to do something different. We just didn't really know what. But uh, we didn't want any limitations. And he ended up meeting some guys out at a social function in downtown Chicago, where I'm from, struck up a conversation. And thank God the conversation transitioned into a business dialogue. And he ended up being invited to a meeting. And before he attended, he called me and said, Steve, you need to come with me. And I said, what's it about? I don't really know. But these guys are saying we can make money. And we had talked about looking for something. So I came open, excited, optimistic. And when I first saw the model, Simon, it was a, a no-brainer to me. I just, I realized right then and there, there were no limitations on what I could earn as long as I was willing to learn and go through the process. Right. So did you, uh, I guess either of you, have success when you first started? Because, I mean, Pastor, you start earning a six-figure income, and uh, Steve, you're a pretty smart guy. Was it easy right off the get-go? <laughs> Actually, for me, it wasn't. I, you know, I, I got involved, you know, how people can sign into a business, but the business doesn't really get into them just yet. And that's what happened for me. I got in, I got absolutely no training and that was no fault to anybody else. But my buddy and I, we had never done anything like it before. And I actually sent, spent an entire year, Simon, didn't do a thing. And in my mind, I pretty much kind of walked away um, from the industry. And then a young lady uh, bumped into me downtown Chicago again and similar conversations, similar verbiage that I recognized. And when I asked her what company she was talking about, she mentioned the company I was with. And I said, oh, I'm already in that. And so um, I had not done anything with it for about 12 months. But then she invited me to a training. And that was really what changed everything. I went out to a training and I saw a gentleman on stage that knew what he was talking about. And and he was very, very clear that anyone that was willing to plug in, he would be willing to teach anybody. And that was when my entire career went in the right direction. And, and for me, again, my story is a little different from Steve's story. Steve came in and he didn't have upline support. He kind of had to figure everything out on his own. I had wonderful upline support. The person who sponsored me into direct sales was amazing. And I had wonderful leadership in that Atlanta market. So for me, 
It was just a matter of doing what I needed to do, which was plugging in and taking advantage of what I had. And that's the thing about direct sales. A lot of times people don't understand that when you have leadership that's willing to teach you and willing to train you, they sometimes we feel that that's just the norm. And there are a lot of people like my husband who who got in a business like this and didn't have that. So when you have that, understand that that's a blessing. So once I got started at 23, I had that roller coaster ride in the beginning, to be honest. One minute I'd have some success and just like, you know, I'm up one minute and then people would quit. And then I would go back to a training and I would get excited and then I'll have a little bit more success and then something would happen in life would get in the way. But here's what I started to understand. I started to manage my failure and understand that failure was a part of success and I was on my way. So the key thing was I kept going and I didn't get emotionally wrapped up in whether I was having super success or not. So after 23, at 25, I started to have a little success. And by 29 was when I started earning six figures from home. And then in our 30s, that's when we became multimillionaires in direct sales. What was the, you kind of abort, uh, touched upon it, like uh, Steve, you had met that person on the street. But mm-hmm. in terms of skill-wise or your mindset, what was the turning point for each one of you? Like maybe something, was it something, just the thinking or was it actually a certain skill you learned to sponsor, you learned how to approach people better or you learned how to lead people better? What was it? My, mine actually, Simon, was just understanding the methodology. I mean, just kind of learning the process. I was never really afraid to talk to people. I was never really afraid to, to, to go after whatever it is I believed in. But at the time, prior to that second meeting with the young lady in downtown Chicago, I just did not know what I did not know. And... I um, once I saw that there was a process and that this was a legitimate industry and that there was such a thing as a weekly training. I mean, at the, at the time prior to that, I didn't even I'd never been to a training. So I was trying to figure it out just by reading the manual. And back then, the Internet wasn't that popular because this was back in 1996. So we were literally going through books and things like that and 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 cassette tapes. And uh, it just it fizzled out until I got back in the fold by meeting this young lady. And so that the one element for me was really just training, plugging into a system, learning from people that were where I wanted to be and simply trying to duplicate what they had done in order to have the same type of success. So you were basically very super coachable. Whatever they did, you just listened. 100%, Simon. I was on, I'll tell you one thing that really, really excited me was I really looked up to this gentleman. As a matter of fact, ironically, I just uh, heard from him just the other day. It's been a little while since I've heard from him, but we're still friends. He reached out to me recently on Facebook just to say he's proud of me. And, and even to, to, to this day, that means a lot. But I'll, I'll never forget, I used to always um, sit on the front row. I was always there. I felt like that was where the, the energy was. That was where the information was. And I'll never forget, he recognized that one day. He walked up, he walked down off the stage and in front of the entire audience, he said, you know what? This gentleman right here is going to be successful because every time I'm on this stage, when I look down, I can count on the fact that he's sitting in this seat right here. And that meant so much to me. And then from there, it was like designated. That's my seat. I'm there every week and I've got people <laughs> next to me. And so that really made a difference for me. But I was a student from day one. Mm, very cool. You know, you brought up a great point. Recognition, right? People die for recognition. I'm sure that meant a lot to me. Someone like him would actually single you out and point you out in front of the crowd. Hey, this is Steve Carter. He's sitting out in the front and you're going to be something one day. Absolutely. And he was he was so good on stage. He reminded me of Les Brown. I mean, he, has, he just was charismatic, 
He was knowledgeable and he was funny and he was just so comfortable on stage. He was in his environment anytime he hit that stage. So I learned early on, just bring people to come hear him and see him because I knew that would help me build my business, at least until I got confident enough to be up there as well. Mm. Uh, what about you, Passion? What was your turning point? Well, for me, my turning point was, I'll never forget this. One day I traveled to a company convention and I was sitting, you know, we stay up late so that we could get those wonderful seats. And I was sitting up close to the front and recognition started. So I was so excited about recognition. I'm fired up about recognition. I had a nice size organization there. And as recognition started, I'm sitting in the seat and halfway through the recognition, you know, I'm cheering, I'm the loudest one screaming. And I start to realize that no one in my organization is walking the stage. Nobody's getting recognized on my team. So, you know, I've cheered all my life. I've been a cheerleader. But at that point, I had to look in the mirror and ask myself an important question. And the question for me was, did I really prepare as a leader for this event? See, a lot of times people will go to an event and if they're not getting recognized or their team's not getting recognized, they'll get discouraged. For me, I always like to look at what role did I play in this? So when I left that convention, I made a deal with myself. I made a deal with Pasha Carter. I said the next convention, when we show up, we're going to walk the stage more than everybody. We're going to have more promotions than everybody. So we went on what's called a 90 day blitz. And I'm telling you, we were in the living rooms. We were doing the conference calls, doing the meetings. We, we got so much momentum going and I'll never forget the difference of the feeling of when I went to the next convention. And as a leader, it feels great to walk the stage. But when you start to see your organization, walk the stage and you realize that you just had a little something to do with it. When you see their lives change and now they're getting a new pin rank and now they're getting a car and now they're in the million dollar earners club, you start to say to yourself, wow, this is, this is the best feeling in the world. So for me, that was a good learning lesson for me because sitting halfway through that recognition, I'll never forget that sick, nauseating feeling when I said to myself, wow, we're all dressed up, we're here, and we're watching everybody else walk the stage, and none of us are up there. And that was the day it changed. Hmm. Now let's go to another part of the story. I'd like to know your toughest or your worst moment uh, in network marketing. You've had over, I mean, I'm excited to hear the story because success is about going through the up and downs. So what is your worst moment where most people quit, but somehow you hung in there, and because of that, you are where you are today. For me, Simon, it's vividly clear. I remember it like it was yesterday, but it really helped mold who I am today. And that is, I'll, I'll never forget. I, I think I, in, in retrospect, I went full time in the industry a little bit sooner than I probably should have. And I'll never forget my worst moment was I was living in a two bedroom apartment. However, I was the only occupant in the apartment because my twin brother had just recently gotten engaged and he and his fiance went and got another place, rightfully so. But he left me with double the rent. And at that time, Simon, the rent was maybe only about 700 and something dollars. So I was accustomed to paying three and a half. But um, when he left, the whole seven was on me. And so the worst moment in my career that, that really made a difference, it was the turning point for me, was when the sheriff was banging on the outside of my door to evict me from my apartment. And I'll never forget, it was the most humiliating feeling because he was banging so ridiculously loud that it was no question in my mind 
that all of my neighbors had to have come out into the hall to see what was going on. And then to see a fully uniformed gentleman banging on the door, I'm sure it looked a lot worse than it was. It was just simply that I was behind on my rent. And one of my buddies had already given me a warning that whatever you do, don't open the door because if they serve you, you got to get out. <laughs> so I knew better than the open the, to open the door. But it seemed like he was probably out there for 10 minutes, but it seemed to me like 10 hours. So that was the worst. Yeah. But then, you know, the lesson learned from that was I realized that I could weather any storm. You know, I, it, it got me to a point where I had to really look in the mirror and I had to ask myself, OK, what are you going to do from this? You can either tuck your tail prove everybody right, go back and get a job and admit that this network marketing thing doesn't work, which is what the masses truly believe. And I said, or you can prove everybody wrong and really make this your turning point and realize that you've got to make some decisions, Steve. You've got to step up and fight back because life is going to constantly throw punches and you're either going to lay on the ropes and get hit and eventually get knocked out or you got to just start swinging back. you got to start fighting back, believing in yourself and that's what happened. I just six months later, I was the number one producer in my company. Wow. You know, I, I want to ask you a little bit more, go deeper in that story, because you were full time back then, right? You went full time. Yep. So, I had just gone full time. So, that's right. you know, this we all know this business, 90 percent is mental. So how do you deal with that? Like you are full time telling people how great network marketing is. You can financial freedom, retire early, all that. And then right. you're telling people that, that outside and then at home, you're getting evicted by the sheriff. So mentally, yeah. how do you, what is the self-talk that kind of like, you kind of almost have to have a really like short-term memory. Don't even remember that. Because how do you bounce back and just present to yeah. people like network marketing is so great while I'm getting evicted? Well, thankfully, I'm very competitive. And so the real driving force for me, Simon, was that I didn't want to prove anybody else right. And so my parents that told me that, they didn't think that this was a career that would work, uh, that I should get a job and, you know, I'm college educated and all that stuff. All of those things were going through my mind when the tough times happened, because I said, if I've got to go get a job, I'm proving them right. I'm proving them correct that that this isn't the industry for me or that it doesn't work. And I knew better, even though I hadn't had the success at that time myself. I mean, I was making moderate money, but I went full time because I wasn't making a whole lot on my job and I'd gotten close to matching my my job's money. But when things got slow, because, you know, when you're in network marketing full time, some people don't like the expression, but I've always looked at it like you eat what you kill. And so you've got to maintain professionalism, not show any desperation. So in answer to your question, the mental the mental thought for me was just be tough, stay focused because the storm will pass. And to continue to do the things, even though it was storming raining figuratively, I knew to just continue to talk to people, continue to get up early, continue to go to bed late, continue to leave the house. Nobody was going to come knocking on my door other than the sheriff talking about they were looking for an opportunity. So I knew I had to get up and get out and go look for people, network in certain areas and and really start to find people that might be interested in an opportunity. And I made it a point. To, to not let them into my reality because I didn't want to scare them away with what I wasn't doing in the industry. I would just talk about other mentors. I would talk about people that I believed in. I would talk about other people that were successful, which is where I wanted to go. So my, my verbiage was always getting other people wrapped up in the vision of where we could go together. So I never was, I never would lie about income or say that I was somewhere that I wasn't. But I think 
the smart thing was just to not let them know the reality because they may not have even taken me seriously. Mm, that's really, really good advice. Uh, I love the fact you talk about sharing where we are going, your vision, and then yep. leveraging off other people's success. That's right. And then what about you, Passion? What was your worst moment in network marketing? Wow, my worst moment in network marketing, um, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and um, I was working two jobs. As a matter of fact, actually, if you want to count the other one, three, I was working at Emory University. I was a gymnastics coach in the evenings, and I was an NFL cheerleader. So I had a lot going on, but I'll never forget, I was living with my very best friend. We've been best friends since we were four years old. And better give her a shout out. Yeah, my best friend Felicia Jones. That's right. <laughs> She'll hear this interview. Absolutely. And I tell you, we we were still best friends till this day. And I'll never forget times were so hard that I couldn't afford an apartment. I, I didn't have a place to stay. And she was like, you know, you can stay with me. It was a right. one bedroom apartment, however. So here I am, you know, working a full time job, you know, um, coaching gymnastics, NFL cheerleader, and now just starting out in direct sales. And I'll never forget, I was sleeping on the floor in her one-bedroom apartment. And she had this little dog named Muffin. And one day I was sitting on, you know, on my little pallet and I was eating a bowl of cereal and I'm watching Muffin walk by and I'm looking at Muffin and I'm looking at my life and I'm saying to myself, this can't be happening to me. You know, here I'm like, this can't be my reality of, you know, I'm in my 20s. I, I know I deserve better than this. And... A week later, I was going to was, a company was, convention. Was Muffin's bowl right next to your bowl? <laughs> Shut up. Bowl <laughs> <laughs> well, probably had more food than your bowl. Right, right, right exactly. <laughs> you were sharing with Muffin. Right. <laughs> Muffin definitely had a way better life than your life. Exactly. Right. So, and I tell you, it was terrible because here I am looking at this and I'm saying, Lord, this cannot be my life. This Am I being punked? Like, is Ashton Kutcher going to pop out somewhere? And um, I'll never forget, though, that very next week I left to go to a convention. And money was so tight that, you know, I didn't have money to fly, so we drove. I packed all these granola bars because I just didn't have money to eat you know, to afford the food at the Hilton or the, the, the embassy or wherever we were staying. And it was to a point in my life where I kept looking up and asking myself, how did I get here? And then I started listening to, at that time, a gentleman by the name of Tony Robbins. And I'll never forget a training that changed my life. He said, you've got to ask yourself the right questions if you want to get the right answers. So instead of asking myself, how did I get here and why am I this and why is life so, I started asking myself better questions. You know, how can I get out of this situation? What do I need to do to not only get my own apartment, but to own a home? What do I need to do to be able to show up to a convention where I don't have to worry about, you know, packing food or not being able to pay for the the hotel or being afraid to go up to the desk because it might not take my credit card. And when I started asking myself the right questions, I started getting better answers and I started working harder. And what people don't realize, a lot of times people look at us today and yes, we've been blessed to earn millions of dollars in direct sales and build a huge organization and help a lot of other people do the same thing. But I always say 
don't look at the story that we have now. Don't look at where we are now. What I want people to see is all the stuff that we went through to get to where we are. Because if they can see that and they can understand that these are two people who, when we got started in the business, we didn't we didn't come from money. We didn't have a, a, a circle of influence. We had one thing, and that one thing was desire and a strong work ethic. And one thing that I realized is the harder I worked in this business, the more phone calls I made, the more meetings that I attended, the more successful that I became. And that is the key to network marketing and direct sales if you want to really make a career out of it. You know, I always, um, in my training clients, coaching clients, I always say this. Everyone loves the glory, but no one likes the story. Right. Absolutely. Right. They, they love your glory and passion, all the stuff you got, but no one wants to go through the stuff that you did when you're like, Muffin had a better life than you did. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Nobody wants Muffin to have a better life than them. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Hey, I got to touch on this because I think one of the coolest things about network marketing is anyone from any background can get involved and become successful. So share a little bit about your NFL cheerleader. How did you uh, become a cheerleader? What team and how long did you do it for? And uh, what was your most memorable mo- moment aside from, you know, living, being homeless and, you know, being uh, below muffin, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, being an NFL cheerleader was a blast. I, I, I've never had so much fun in my life. I had an absolute blast. We got a chance to travel. We got I got a chance to meet some of the most wonderful women ever. And it was just great. The, what led to that was for 14 years, I was a competitive gymnast. So actually, when I was young, my goal was to be Gabby Douglas. You know, my goal was to be the first African-American woman to earn the all-around gold medal at the U.S. Olympics. However, that didn't happen because I broke my ankle flipping off the top of a pyramid (laughs) when I was cheering at that time. And so that ended my gymnastics career. But I loved the sport so much that I started coaching and and I started coaching and I coached for about 10 years. And when I moved to Atlanta, I went and I tried out for the Atlanta Falcons and I cheered there for a couple of years and I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun and it was a joy and I met some of the greatest people ever and many of us are still friends to this day. Very, very cool. I think a lot of people don't know that. Like you get the I guess you get the fame as a cheerleader, you get to travel, but you really don't make any money, right? I think oh, no. if you yeah. count the hours if you practicing training is like below minute you make more money working at McDonalds than being a cheerleader. Yes, yes. It's, it's like I said, it was a lot of fun, but you don't do it for the money. You just do it for the passion and because you enjoy it. How did you two meet? How did you, like, Steve, you were successful and passionate. You were successful. How did you, be, you know, become kind of like the dream couple? How did you two meet and uh, get connected? You know, ironically, Simon, we met at a convention, at a national convention. And we were at the same company, obviously. And then when we really got a chance to know each other better was when we both happened to get promoted to the, at that time, the highest level in the company on the same day. Um, there were there were a record number of promotions that day. There were 10 people that actually were hitting the top pinnacle level. And it was, you know, no particular order. It was random order. And she was the eighth promotion and I was the ninth promotion. And so I got a chance to see her and congratulate her backstage. And I knew who she was. I had my eye on her. But we hadn't hadn't had a chance to really spend any time together until. So be honest, be honest. I started to cut you off. How long were you prospecting her already? You oh, you knew her. Listen, uh, 
I'll, I'll tell you the real deal, Simon. The real deal. The real is, deal comes out now. Mark, okay. Mark, 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 the real deal. Mark Davis. Mark Davis, one of my best friends. He's an NBA referee. If you watch basketball, he's bald headed number eight. He's one of the best ref, referees in the National B- Basketball Association. So Mark was one of my leaders in my team at the time. This was before he decided to become a professional ref. Anyway, I'll never forget, I saw her walking through the convention, Simon, and I, I, I nudged my buddy Mark, and I'm like, man, who is that? And he was like, man, you need to go talk to her. And I said, nah, I'm going to wait until the right time. Because I was relatively just getting started. And, you know, in network marketing, I was kind of like a nobody in the, in, the, in the company. And so I said, let me, let me, let me go to work and, and make sure that I become known so that she'll know who I am. And I'm telling you, and she, she may laugh, and, 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 but that is exactly how it happened. So I, <laughs> I, I hit the top level in the company. That was right not far after when I was the sheriff was banging on the door because not far after that, not long after that. I so the, the sheriff thing, you said you were really competitive and that's why you pushed hard. So now the real reason comes out. You want to oh, impress yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always yeah. a woman involved, you know, it when the guys both, go. Right. It was both. I wanted to keep my place, but then I'd like to have a nice young lady come by the place every now and then. Right. So, yeah. so I said, let me see what I can do. And I went to work. And I and then I'll never forget I was featured in the newsletter in that company as the top producer at that level. It wasn't the highest level, but it was the second to highest level. And I was number one in the entire company for the whole quarter. And so for three months straight, I was number one on the charts. And so that honestly, and she'll admit this, that was what got her attention. Well, that was kind of what got your attention. You were like, who is this guy? Because I wasn't a part of their team. Their team was one of the most popular teams in the company. And I wasn't on that team. And so she was kind of like, well, who's this yes, guy? He's not, he, he's not one of us. Who is he? How is he dominating the charts? You know, so I think that kind of gained her interest. And then um, so when we hit the top position on the same day, that was when we exchanged phone numbers. And from that day, Simon, I knew I had it. That is an awesome story. And ML Nation, so if you're single, you see someone from the opposite sex, someone you're yep. attracted to in the same company, <laughs> there's extra motivation for you to get to the top now. Okay, that's the that's best. right. I tell people all the time, Simon, you took the words out of my mouth. I tell people whenever I'm in front of a big room and I'm training and I'm, we're closing the meeting out, we're talking about all the benefits of network marketing, how much money you can make. And I always say, but fellas, there's something far more valuable than a dollar. And I got it in network marketing. So get in, even if it's for that reason alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's your most important sign up. Absolutely. And now we've got four beautiful children. So that I, I recruited up. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and like, you know, like we talked about before, mindset's 90%. And sometimes whatever it takes to motivate you, you know, it's all the mindset. That's right. Staying focused. That's right. Yep. Now, I want to share another story. Um, what would you consider your most your proudest moment in network marketing? I, I guess for me, you know, we have a lot of proud moments. And of course, when you've been fighting so hard and, and, and wanting it so bad, when you finally get there, it's like, you know, look at me now. Look at what I've been able to do. Even though you told me I wasn't going to do it, you said quit. And why are you going to all those meetings? And so when you accomplish something like what Steve said, yeah. what it does is it makes you say to yourself, Look, it did work. Look, I wasn't crazy. Look, you know, I wasn't, you know, just going to those meetings to go and something was going to eventually happen. But also within those proud moments, we always talk about this is when we see our team, you know, the thing about it is our team for us, we, you know, we've been again, 20 years. I, I want you to hear this clearly, Simon, 20 years we've been in business and this may sound crazy, but do you know that a big chunk of the leadership that we have still today 
were business partners with us 20 years ago. That's incredible. And we're still together now. And, and let me tell you why. Because they know how much we love them. They know how much we care about them. And they know that our, a lot of our proud moments are when they walk that stage and we see them being able to walk away from their jobs and we see them hit six figures and some of, many of them hit seven figures and many of them being able to achieve their dreams and goals and travel the world and go places that they've never been. You know, when we look at that, see, business is fun. Direct sales is really fun, but it's a blast when you do it with friends, when you do it with people that you really, really care about, because we've always lived our direct sales career around the four C's. And we call that the first one is caring. You know, when someone tells us what their goals are, their goals become our goals. So when we wake up, people ask us all the time, how are you guys so passionate 20 years later. Well, yeah, we've got goals, but guess what we're most excited about? When we have someone come and they say, listen, my goal is to make $20,000 a month. You're going to see that goal up on our screen. You're going to see that goal on our vision board because if their goal is $20,000 a month, then that's what our goal is. If their goal is to be able to walk away from their job or be able to come home and raise their kids, we're just, we become just as passionate about our leaders' goals as they are about theirs. The next C, number two, is celebrate. We celebrate our leaders. When they hit a position, they know we're going to recognize them. We're going we're gonna to tell the world how great they are because you never know what it takes for a person to hit those positions. You don't know what they had to go through. You don't know how many meetings they had to do. You don't know how many events they had to show up to and nobody was there. And eventually they hit this position. So when they hit those positions of significance, they know that we are going to reward them and celebrate them. The third one, the third C is corrective criticism because our whole thing is duplication. You know, how do we create a team of leaders, not just followers? And the way that we're able to do that is to help our leaders become the best they can. So when there, I can't tell you how many phone calls that we get where someone was, may say, listen, I just did a presentation. What could I have done better? Or I just got off the three-way call with this, you know, doctor. How did I say it? Is there anything that I could have said to make that conversation better? So now they ask, and I love that because when you're able to give that corrective criticism, it helps you grow as an individual. And that's exactly how we were, you know, coming through the ranks. Every time I do a presentation, I walk off the stage, I go straight to the back of the room and I would ask the leaders in the back of the room, what could I have done? Give me three things I could have done to make it even better. And the last one is compensation. Our team knows that when we work together, our whole focus is making sure that when you're in business and you're serious, we want you to be compensated. We want you to really be able to earn your financial goals. I, I don't know. I think I starting to feel like sometimes in direct sales that we've gotten to a point sometimes where we put loyalty over compensation. And I, I'll see people who will get in a business because no matter how you slice it, this is not a social club. When people get started in direct sales as entrepreneurs, they have financial goals. And I see a lot of times where people will start saying stuff to people like, well, you know, as, as just stick around and just give it your all. And these people are not making money and the compensation is not there. My whole thing is as a leader, it's my responsibility to help you make money and to help you 
build a company within a company. And if I'm not showing you how to make money, then you're just showing up to hang out with me. Yes, we're going to have fun. But at the same time, when you work with us, we want to make sure that you're getting compensated and that you're really, 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 truly earning significant income. That is really good. The four C's, ML Nation, go hit the rewind button a few times. Listen to that. We will include that in the show notes as well. Um, okay, I know you both of you have over 20 years of experience uh, combined with like four decades of experience, right? Wow. Right. That, oh, you make that sound like a long time. Simon. <laughs> no, you're, you're not that old. <laughs> uh, what is the one? Let me ask you, how do you see, number one, how have you seen the profession change? And do you see people more open to network marketing now than, than say, in the 90s? Absolutely. I do. I think that people have become more receptive because there have been so many more success stories and examples of what can happen. And that's really what people believe, uh, need to know. They need to know that it's believable, that they can succeed. So it's good to see that mo more people are embracing it. And then through media as well, uh, not just social media, but also through the major networks and books. And you've got gurus now like the Donald Trumps and the Robert Kiyosaki's and these guys that are endorsing network marketing and writing books about network marketing and doing interviews about network marketing. And so the, that that will make the layperson say, you know what, if if so and so is endorsing this and they make billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars, in other words, very successful, then maybe I should be open to it. And not only that, but I think that people are starting to see what the real work world is looking like because people are being downsized, reor reorganized, re-engineered, and those are all long words for fired. But you know that's what's happening out here in the real world. And so people are, are needing to have a supplemental income. And what's exciting is that when that supplemental income can end up replacing their full-time income, uh, it can be life-changing for that person. So yeah, we've seen it change tremendously, not to mention with technology and things that we're able to do today that we just could not do. I mean, webinars and, and videos and things of that nature. But back in the day, it was belly to belly. I remember running to FedEx to try to get um, our forms uh, uh, filled out and, and sent off to corporate because we needed certain amount of customers and they had to fill out paper forms to sign to become our customers in, in a long distance business and things like that. So a lot of that has changed where you're able to just run your business from your computer. And now even more popular, you're able to run your entire business from the palm of your hand on your smartphone. And for me, one of the things that I'm seeing too is like, um, there was an article in the wall street journal that was written not too long ago. And it talked about the age of the new professional. And when you take a look at direct sales today, what I see this different, you know, back then, I think, uh, many years ago, it was a certain group of people getting in. Now, when you take a look at direct sales, it's really attracting the professional because a lot of the professionals that are making the high six-figure incomes, they're starting to really say to themselves, I love what I do, but at the same time, I'm tired. I'm tired mm -hmm. of, I'm, I'm burnt out. I've, I've, I'm, I'm getting to the point where, yes, this money is great, but what's the, what's the use of having this beautiful pool but never having time to swim in it at my house? So now what's starting to happen, like I can tell you with our organization, right now, especially with the company that we're with right now, we are attracting so many professionals, the doctors, the, uh, the, the lawyers, the, 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 the pastors, and the, the, of course, the stay-at-home moms and everybody owners, else yeah. in business Even owners. Even traditional business owners. Absolutely. People that are made, have made millions of dollars are seeing what we're doing and excited about it. Absolutely. And, and, and that in itself, what I love about it 
is now we're bringing the world together. It's not about where you come from. It's not about how much you make. It's not about how many degrees you have. Everybody now is starting to see direct sales as a legitimate business, similar to a franchise or anything else where you can truly put your head down. You don't have to worry about the favoritism, nepotism, sexism, you know, racism, all of the other stuff sometimes that come along with corporate America because the computer promotes you. So if you get in and you go out and your team gets a certain amount of volume or your team gets a certain amount of customers, guess what? The computer doesn't know what you look like. The computer doesn't know whether you said hi the right way when you walk through the office. The computer is going to promote you when you get to the rank that you're supposed to be. And for many of us, it is so refreshing because hard work doesn't scare us. It motivates us and it just gives us that level playing field. And that to me is priceless. That is so good. Hey, I really appreciate your time, Stephen Pasha. You know, as we wrap up the show, uh, some really quick questions to pick your brain. And these could be really quick couple word answers. Okay. Okay. So the first one is what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? You can't make money and excuses at the same time, so pick one. Mm. What about you, for what about you, Pasha? For me, build your own dreams, or someone will hire you to build theirs. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Hmm. Let me see. The, I feel the habit that has helped me become successful is getting back up again. I've, yeah. you know, I tell people all the time the reason why. You know, uh, people can look at us and say we're very successful. It's only because we failed more. And I failed a lot. But every time I fail, I look at it as a learning lesson. So for me, that habit is I get back up every time I get back up and I go harder. And my habit, I would have to say, Simon, is inspecting what I expect. I think I've done a pretty good job at, at really analyzing what needs to happen in my business. And I'm able to look at the organization. I'm able to look at the structure of the organization and I'm able to identify where there might be weakness or there might be a need for support. Um, so I'm always looking. I don't, I don't approach it where, you know, you just don't look under your hood. I, I, I did a training years ago called Pop Your Hood. And that's, that's really what you have to do. You have to look and see where's your business growing, where's your business lacking, and go from there. I like that. Pop Your Hood. That's really, really good. Yep. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Mm, I'll tell you what it was for me. It was from Eric Warray, who wrote the book GoPro. And I'll never forget when he said this. He said, never say you won't leave a company. Say you won't leave this profession. Like because that. companies change compensation plans, compensation plans. So the company you're with today may not be the company you signed up for. But a lot of times, you know, people can stick around so long to the point where they lose leaders because they start seeing something may trend backwards and they're afraid to, to make a decision. I never forget when I heard Eric say that. He said, never say you won't leave a company. Say you'll never leave this profession of direct sales. That is really good. Really, really good. And best advice for me, Simon, two things. Number one is that it's a numbers game. Just understand that the more people you talk to, the more possibilities you give yourself. And then also that difficult does not mean impossible. So even when it gets tough, just know that you can still do it. What is your favorite prospecting tool? So say someone is interested, it's a qualified prospect. Do you send mm -hmm. them a link to an online video? or Exactly. You... Yeah, we have a system in our company that allows us to send the link right from our smartphone. And not only, will we not only can we get them any of the 31 videos we have, 
which is good because you can use your discernment as to what which video is appropriate for which potential partner. But the other thing is that when they click that link, um, our software notifies us through a text message that says someone, it would say Simon Chan is, is watching the video. And then I can go in and even see what percentage of that video you've watched. So that's my favorite tool. And for you, Pasha, same thing, right? Online. Yeah, for me, same thing. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're able to operate your business from your smartphone. Palm on your hand. Absolutely. As a mom of four, I am busy. I am super, super busy. But you know what? When I'm on the go, if, and, and that's another thing, when you find a company that has taken the time to invest in an amazing back office, it makes your life a lot easier. So for me, when you have that smartphone, I'm able to do business on the go and I'm able to get things accomplished while I'm out and about. What's one of your favorite online resources, uh, like a Dropbox or Evernote, or do you have a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? What would you say, Pasha? Hmm. My favorite app, I think, would be 24Me. And it's almost like a virtual assistant because I have so much going on. And I think this is the perfect app, especially for busy moms. And 24Me is an application. It's almost like a virtual secretary where it keeps you reminded of everything and every aspect of your life that needs to be done. Hmm, that's good. I need to check that out. Yes, yes. It's a great one. I like that one a lot. What's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? I'll tell you one that I still think is powerful is The Richest Man in Babylon. I, st- I still love that book. I still go back and listen to the audio. And one of the reasons is because people can go from what they would consider to be rags to riches in this industry, and they can do it pretty quickly. And I think it's so important that people learn how to handle their money as they start to make it, because some people are going to be in a position where they're making more money than they ever dreamed of. And so it's not necessarily the amount, it's what you do with it when it comes in. So The Richest Man in Babylon has always been a book that I that I just constantly try to keep at the forefront of my, my reading and thinking. And, and for me, my favorite book is Fail Forward by John Maxwell. You know, I've always felt that people are training so much for success when we should really be training people how to fail. And if we can train and teach people how to go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm, that leads to success. You know, I do that all the time with my four kids. You know, I tell them every single day, you know, when you wake up, don't be afraid to mess up. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. You know, it baffles me when I see parents where they have a child bring home all A's and one C. And we, instead of focusing on the six A's that they have, we focus on that one C. And so for me, my whole thing is I I, I, I catch my kids doing what's right. Just like I catch my team. I want to catch you doing what's right. You know, if, if you went out and you, you acquired a couple of customers, I'm, I want to reward that. I'm not going to focus on, you know, the fact that you didn't show up at the last event or something. I'm going to focus on all the stuff that you do right, because that makes people want to do more of the right stuff. And ML Nation, I know you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. So, Stephen Pasha, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Before we go to the million-dollar question, you already know the importance of recruiting, and if you can't sponsor, you simply will never earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important, and that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that teaches you the skills to easily approach any prospect, and especially how to open a conversation with people who are smart and have good business skills. These are the people who will be your future leaders. I want you to check out 
my free sponsoring workshop webinar where you learn how to avoid the five deadly prospecting mistakes. And I'll give you three simple scripts on how to properly approach anyone, whether the cold market or warm market. You can register for free at SponsoringWorkshop.com. That is www.SponsoringWorkshop.com. This is the training to help me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad with my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcasts for you. Not only will you know how to properly approach and present, the best part is you get my famous six-figure clothes to get prospects to sign up. This is the same script that I used to sign up one of my party animal friends who's now a diamond director, million dollar club member, and a stay-at-home dad with his two kids. So go register for this webinar now at SponsoringWorkshop.com. This training is so important that I made it available at four different times for you. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you can access it live. So go to SponsoringWorkshop.com and register today. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you did not know each other, did not know your kids. You had a contact list of zero, but yet all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So it's kind of like you're an alien that went to another planet, and they spoke English. Right. What's right. the first thing you would do or the first place you would go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? That's an easy one for me, Simon. I would find a progressive place to go with that's populated with the right kind of people and I would just begin the networking process and I think networking is a process it's not an event it's something that happens over time so I would go somewhere where there are progressive thinking people in droves and I would spend time around them get to know them have them get to know me because eventually they would all end up in my downline (laughs) I love that confidence what about you Pasha you know, I, I have to agree with my husband on this one. You know, um, not that I don't agree with you on most things, honey, but uh, absolutely. You know, I would do the exact same thing. Put myself around the right people. And I, I say I say that all the time. It's all about the people that you know. You're a sum total of the five people that you spend the most time around. And many people out there need to really look at their circle and think about that. But for me, if I were to be dropped off into a, a foreign land Pluto. and 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 to build over again, I'm looking for people that think like me, that have the same vision, that want more out of life, right. and the go-getters. And I would rather run with a small group of five people that want it versus dragging 500 any day of the week. Where would you go to find these people that are like you? Well, you could go to anywhere where businesses are populated. I love going to social networking events. So if they're networking events, I absolutely love going to personal growth and development events. So if there's a speaker out there that you love, whether it be a, a, a Tony Robbins or a T. Harv Eckerd or whatever, you know, these are people that are at these events. Why? Because they want more in their life. Right. Church as well. You know, if you go to different churches that have uh, um, different events, you know, you, you're around people that are already in a positive mindset. You know, for me as a mom, I'm always in the mommy circles. So it may be a PTA meeting or it may be a school function. But one thing that one of my mentors taught me many, many years ago, no matter where you go, there are people breathing out there and there are people that are open to your opportunity. So it's not necessarily where you go is who you are wherever you go. So for me, I could be at the gas station and if someone pulls up and we start a conversation and they have the right mindset, 
I'm going to get them in my business. I could be in the grocery store and we might strike up a conversation in line. But if we're having a conversation, then I'm talking to you about my business and we're going to become friends. We're going to grow a relationship and build. So everywhere I go, there may be a few particular places where I would say there are more people who think like that. But if we can adopt the mindset that wherever we go, there are people there. All we've got to do is open up our mouths because we have miracles in our mouths because there's so many people out there that desire to make more money, that want to change their lives. And we understand from experience that direct sales can give you the lifestyle that most people only dream of because where else can you go where you can put in the work and you can look up and you can earn more money than most doctors, most attorneys, most people that are earning those incomes and you're doing it directly from your home and you have your time, and money together. And those two things, when you put those two things together, that is absolutely priceless. Woo! Well, ML Nation, was that good or what? I would hit that rewind button. For, you know, Pastor just nailed it right there. It's not where you go, it's who you are where you go. And it's all about the mindset and prospects are everywhere. Go That's listen right. to that. That is really the secret. And like Steve shared, networking is a process, not something you go there and just find prospects. It's a process. So go back and listen to that. Um, Steve and Pasha, thank you so much. Before we leave, what is the best way? You, first of all, number one, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you and contact you? The easiest way is our website. Our website is www.pashacarter.com. That's P as in Peter, P-A-S-H-A. Carter.com, www.pashacarter.com, and Steve is www.stevecarteronline.com. Correct. And then Facebook. Of and course. Facebook, of course. Messages. You can always find us yeah. on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. ML Nation, definitely connect with them. They are a super power couple. And you know, ML Nation, you're the average or what passion is the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you may hang out with Steve and Pasha Carter. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and just type in Carter at the search bar. And this power couple will pop right up. The show notes, all the great, all the stuff that they shared will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Steve and Pasha, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you too. Thank you for your time, and thanks for the interview, Simon. God take bless, care. Simon. Hey, this is Simon, and we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to share my secret and how I learn so quickly and quote-unquote read over 80 books a year. But before I do that, I want to highlight three of the most popular books that have been recommended by the leaders featured on MLM Nation. The first one is one of my all-time favorites, Your First Year in Network Marketing by Mark Yarnell. That book helped me overcome the frustration in my first year, and every distributor should read it. The second book is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. That book really expanded my mind on what it takes to be successful. And finally, GoPro by Eric Worre. This has been one of the most popular MLM books in recent years, and arguably, you can say it's one of the best ever. So now, let's be honest. How many of you know that leaders are readers, but you just don't like to read? Or if you're like me, I want to read, but I can only focus for about 10 minutes, and then my mind starts wandering, and it gets really, really boring. So here's the secret to how I can learn so much, even though I can't focus. It's with audiobooks. 
Now, I love audiobooks, and I've been listening to them ever since I got my first iPod in 2005. I listen to audiobooks when I walk my dog, when I go running, when I drive, when I do dishes and errands. Yes, I still have to do those, and so on. And now, as a listener to MLM Nation podcast, you can get a free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. You can choose one of the top three books I just recommended or any other book you want. In fact, you can choose over 180,000 different books. It is really cool. So it's that simple. It's very easy. Just go to MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com and grab your free audio book today. Enjoy it and happy learning. MLM Nation, here's a quick recap and review. And I shouldn't actually say quick. It's going to be a little longer because there were so many aha moments from Steve and Passion Carter. Wow. Now you know why they're a power couple, right? I mean, I was just using my uh, iPad Pro, my Apple Pencil, and just took notes and notes and notes. Um, then highlighting everything green, highlighting in yellow. So uh, definitely connect with them. Go to MLMNation.net. Put in Carter, their last name C-A-R-T-E-R, C-A-R-T-E-R, and uh, they will pop right up. You won't, you'll be able to recognize them immediately. Click on there. All the nuggets of wisdom will be there, and definitely connect with them. Amazing, amazing leaders, and definitely, the st- I'm, I'm gonna, let's start from the top, top, okay? Number one is like, you know, with Steve's story, right? He brought people. When he was down, he wasn't making that much money. He learned to bring people to see an expert. Like, he drove people to events. He mentioned his mentor, James Dentley. He drove people to events, right? He would leverage off people's experience, leverage off of them. So leverage off people's success as well. So that that's the thing you could do at MLM If You don't have a great story yet. Use the story of your mentor, of your uplines, of other people who are successful in your company. Another thing was his mentor recognized him. He, he shared that quite. He was sat in the front row. He always sat in the front row. By the way, that's a tip. Always sit in the front row when you go to events. Save uh, the seats in the front row. Go, go wake up early and get that front row. And that's the thing that Pastor talked about later. As a leader, most of the time we catch people doing things wrong. I mean, I think that's the way we're born and raised. Like if you go to school, the teachers, you know, they would, if you take the test, they don't give, they don't like congratulate for every answer, but they'll be boom, big, big, Red when you make something wrong, right? We kind of program, brainwash to find out the faults. But in network marketing, recognize, you know, it's like passion to catch people doing something right. And that's one of the things that fires people up. She talked about the four C's, right? Number one, caring. That's why their leaders today are the same leaders they started with 20 years ago. They, they are loyal because number one, C, caring. Number two, celebrate. I know how to celebrate, work together, celebrate. Number three, corrective criticism. Right? If you want to get duplication, right? You want to give corrective criticism. So help people, people, people grow. And number four, compensation. Making sure, you know, have the, it's their responsibility to help and teach and create that system for their leaders to grow and make money. You know, there's so much other uh, aha moments there. You know, Steve talked about networking is a process. You know, the million dollar question, I would seriously go back. I was like so aspiring. What Steve shared, network, he talked about he would network, and networking is a process. I think the big mistake people make with co-market, I'm going to go out there and just meet people, shove business cards down people's throat, and expect to get a prospect. You know, <laughs> if you've never done that before, if you do it, I'm telling you, it does not work. Networking is a process building key relationships. Once, because people buy you, they, they basically buy you only because they know you, like you, trust you. So you need time to build that process. Networking is a process. And another thing Patrick shared, this is probably the biggest thing out of the entire show, was that 
It's not where you go. It's who you are where you go. Right? Who you are. If you just say, oh, I want to prospect, put my prospecting hat on, I want to be, act like a leader, and boom, go out there. But when in your normal day life, you're like, you know, still have your old habits, you're negative, you're not the leader, you're not the person that you would want to join with, then people don't join you, right? It's like I've seen this too, and I think you made this mistake too. Like, I'm, I, this is when I first started, I was going to a networking meeting, and when I'm, when I'm driving there, I'm like the old Simon. Go to the networking meeting. Networking meeting, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm different. I, I'm trying to be professional. I'm in a suit, try to act, talk professionally. But once the meeting's over, I'm back at the restaurant and eating lunch, or I'm driving, getting gas at the gas station. I'm like my normal self, and I have bad posture. I look tired. I'm like, you know, complaining. And, you know, because you never know who your prospect may be. The prospect may be the guy pumping gas, maybe the person, the waiter at the restaurant. It's, remember, it's who you are. That's why you got to be before you become. You got to be that person. And, it's very simple to be that person. Just look at what the top leaders do. What do they copy them? Because it's not brain surgery, right? If you want success, just copy what successful people do. Copy what they listen to. They probably listen to audio, self-development. Copy what they do. They're probably reading. Copy what they do in their free time. They probably don't have much free time. They're always building their business, right? And by the way, the discipline and the lack of free time will actually give you more free time. If it actually makes sense, right? Most people, they have no discipline. They're watching TV or whatever, but they never get to really do what they want to do. While successful people, they may seem like they've been working so hard, but they actually can, you know, knock up the bucket list of the dreams, the places they want to travel, the things they want to do with their kids. They get to do those things. If you look back, thinking back to my life, people thought I was so boring because I was building my business like seven days a week. Um, you know, even during Saturday and Sundays, maybe a little bit less while still building, talking business. I don't watch sports. I don't watch, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't go to the movies. But nowadays, you know, I have freedom, right? If when I, I can go to, I can do, I can produce animation. I'm telling you, my, the residual income for my company allowed me the time to pay the expenses and, and, do ML Nation, to do this podcast, to do coaching and training whenever we first got off the ground. Allowed me to go to Disneyland on weekdays, on Wednesdays, especially Wednesdays, January, February. Disneyland is kind of empty. That's the secret. Everyone go to Disneyland. Never go to the, the summer. It's tough. The December is really tough, crowded. January, February is awesome time to go, especially on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I get to do that. I can skip the crowds. You know, I just take my kids for like three hours, two, three hours. I'm not taking too long, two, three hours. It's kind of like going to the park and we get to go to four or five rides. You know, if you go to the summer, maybe one ride at most. You have to deal with the lines. So that gives me freedom, but it's my routine and structure that allowed me. You got to be, be that person. Anyway, Stephen Passion, awesome leaders, um, the type of person, the mindset, right? And it's all about mindset, having that little competitiveness. Like Steve's like, you know what? When he got, was about to victim by the sheriff, he didn't give in. He said, I'm going to go and prove these people are wrong. And of course, he had a great story about how he met pa- Pasha and that motivated him. But you know what? It's in the mindset. Stay strong. All leaders never quit. They keep going. They're always learning. And the last thing I want to end is brought up a really good point, right? That, he, that they share from Tony Robbins. Ask yourself the right questions to get the right answers, Right? You want better answers? Ask yourself better questions. Ask yourself. You're stuck in there. Don't just say, oh, I'm stuck. What I need to do? Find out where you're stuck. You know, uh, Steve talked about pop your hood. You got to pop your hood inspect. If your car breaks down, pop the hood. Inspect the engine. What's going on, right? Pop your hood today. Think, look at your business. Why are you stuck? And what areas do you need to work on? Because this business, 90% is mental. Thanks again to Steve and Pasha. Awesome episode. Go back and listen to 
I, this is an episode you definitely want to go back and listen to a few times. Listen to their passion. Listen to the tips, the four C's, and definitely reach out to them, mlnation.net. Go to Stephen Passion. Carter, I know this recap is a little long because there's so many goodies and nuggets on this one. But go, go, uh, go to mlnation.net, search for Carter, reach out to them, connect with them, amazing leaders. And definitely, if you love these shows, mlnation, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They really mean a lot. It also motivate the team. Uh, we have, it's not just me, I have a awesome team of five people that put these, each of these shows together. That's why we're more consistent. We have three episodes a week. Uh, we've done so much in the, just the past year uh, because of my team. It really motivated them to subscribe, rate, and review. And lastly, if you like to share your downlines, uplines, you know, it's, so, it's just so cool. MLM Nation, from, you know, people from all walks of life, from, you know, from you know, passion, gymnast, NFL cheerleader, you know, can be successful in their market. It's just really, really awesome story. Go out there. Take the lessons, apply them, and remember, we're in the business to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. 